Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. A very good description of the religious people during the time of the Lord Jesus would be to say that they were looking for perfection. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, but definitely the Pharisees, were devoting their lives in the pursuit of perfection. And they believed that they had found a way to accomplish that. The Hebrews in Israel believed that they found a way to accomplish perfection through repentance and obedience. Repentance from all of their sins and obedience to every commandment that was given through Moses. That was the belief of the Hebrews during the time of the Lord Jesus. It was believed at this time that if a person found a lifestyle that they could live by, a set of rules or principles that they could apply in their daily lives that would govern how they lived, it was believed that if they could accomplish that, they would be able to avoid all sin, they would be able to live in complete obedience to the law, and they would therefore be perfect before their God. This was a pursuit that began around the 6th century B.C., and by the time the Lord Jesus arrived in Israel, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the rabbis of the people, had great confidence that at this time they finally achieved success. And so when the Lord Jesus came to provide them with salvation, forgiveness for their sins, and salvation in the context of the restoration of the Holy Spirit that had been lost in Adam, the people were in a condition such that they did not really believe that they had a need for anything like that. They did not believe that they had a need for forgiveness. They did not believe that they were imperfect. They did not believe that they needed the grace and mercy of God. They believed that they had found a way to live a life in such a way that they would never violate the law of Moses. And so the Lord, their God, was just simply waiting with a sense of anticipation for their arrival in heaven, because that is definitely where they belonged in accordance with the perfection that they had finally managed to accomplish. That was the belief of the people at the time of the Lord Jesus. Now, the Hebrews who continued to live after the time of the Lord Jesus are the people who are the recipients of this letter that was written to the Hebrews that we have in the scriptures today. The letter to the Hebrews was written to the Hebrew people who were living during the time after the Lord Jesus conducted his ministry. Now, after the Lord Jesus conducted his ministry, there were, of course, two different groups of people, two different groups of Hebrews there in Israel. The first group of people would be those who did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah, and then the other group of people would be those who did believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Now, the ones who did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah were certainly very enthusiastic concerning their pursuit of repentance and obedience and wanting to live a life of absolute perfection. However, those who believed that Jesus was the Messiah were definitely pursuing the same type of life as the Pharisees were. We have a description of this given to us in Acts, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 11, Acts chapter 15, and other chapters after Acts chapter 15, throughout the book of Acts, we have a lot of evidence 
to show that the people certainly struggled with the Mosaic law. They struggled with how they were going to live their life in light of what Christ Jesus had accomplished for them. And most of the people certainly did not agree with the Apostle Paul. They did not share the same beliefs that he had concerning the purpose of the law in our lives and what it meant to be forgiven and what it meant to be reconciled to God. They had two different Gospels. They did not teach the same Gospel. We know that there were many significant differences, and I, of course, do believe that it was the Apostle Paul who wrote this letter to the Hebrews as another attempt to try to speak to them in a way that they would be able to understand and relate to so that perhaps they might be able to be set free from some of the things that they were believing that simply were not true. But those who did believe that Jesus was the Messiah, who lived there in Israel, who were Hebrews, they were very enthusiastic in their pursuit of wanting to continue to live in obedience to the Mosaic Law. And we know, as we have recorded in the book of Acts, that many of them did have strong attachments to the temple, continued to go to the temple and worship there as any other Jew would, that they were actively involved in the community there in Israel. And even though they had a different belief concerning who the Messiah was, since Jesus was dead, people were becoming a little bit more liberal and tolerant concerning this perspective, especially if nobody talked about it, which definitely appeared to be the case. But considering that, it's important to understand that the Hebrews struggled with this idea of perfection and still held a very close attachment to the Levitical priesthood that was in operation during the time that this letter was written. It was in operation until the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, and then after that certainly a lot of things changed. But in addition to this dependency that the people in the early church still had on the Levitical priesthood, they also believed that Jesus was the Messiah which means that they certainly would develop an attitude of perfection above and beyond the perfection of the Pharisees. That the Pharisees believed that they had found a way to live in obedience to the Mosaic Law. So if the people who believed that Jesus was the Messiah were also very enthusiastic in this pursuit, they would believe that they also were living in obedience to the Mosaic Law, as was declared by the Pharisees. But in addition to that, they would believe in the true real, living Messiah, which would make them unique from all the other religious people there in Israel. And so their perfection, or their belief in their own perfection, would be even greater than the perfection the Pharisees believed that they had, which would make these people very difficult to reach out to, considering that they believed that they were definitely at the top of the hill, or the most religious of all, those who were the true believers in the real living God. It would be very difficult to reach out to these people concerning various subjects because of the incredible amount of pride that would be developed within them if they were true to their beliefs. That's important to understand, that they believed that they had achieved perfection, first and foremost, through their obedience to the commandments of God. And second, they believed that they had achieved perfection because of the proper belief that they had concerning who the Messiah really was and what he came to accomplish. That there would be a tremendous amount of pride that would result from that. And so for the writer of this letter to the Hebrews to be complete, if the writer is going to be complete concerning the issues that the Hebrews were struggling with there in Israel, he would have to address the Levitical priesthood and show that the Lord Jesus was greater than the Levitical priesthood, 
not just an addition to the Levitical priesthood, which is what it appears they were believing as I read the book of Acts, not just that, but to see that the Lord Jesus is a replacement for the Levitical priesthood in terms of their relationship with the living God, that the Levitical priesthood was part of the old covenant, but that there is a new covenant that has now gone into effect that does not include the Levitical priesthood as part of it. And because the evidence to me is very clear that the early church was struggling with this, I can see why it would be so important for the writer of this letter to the Hebrews, I believe it is important for him to address this, and why I believe he did address this in Hebrews chapter 7. In Hebrews chapter 7, in verse 11, the writer says, Now if perfection was through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it the people received the law, what further need was there for another priest to arise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be designated according to the order of Aaron? Now, this is a very powerful question and a very important question. But embedded within this question, the writer is asking, do you understand that there is a need for someone greater than the Levitical priesthood? Do you understand that that is necessary? It is very subtle and very challenging to see this if you don't understand the internal struggles that were taking place within Israel during this time in history. But again, he says, now, if perfection was through the Levitical priesthood, well, they would argue that perfection could be accomplished through the Levitical priesthood, through the giving of the law. They would argue that it would be. And so for the writer to say, if it was possible, if perfection could be accomplished, well, they would say that it was, and so it's raising a very subtle issue, it's raising a very subtle argument, which indirectly states that the Levitical priesthood is certainly not perfect, that perfection cannot be achieved through repentance and obedience. But instead of getting into that argument, the writer follows through by saying that there is a need for another priest referring to the Lord Jesus according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, again, this is not saying that the Lord Jesus is a priest of the priesthood of Melchizedek. He is only saying according to the same likeness of Melchizedek or according to the same example of Melchizedek. And in the previous verses, he sets the stage by explaining that Melchizedek was greater than Abraham and subsequently he was greater than the Levitical priesthood. And this is what is expressed here in verse 11. The point is, is to say that perfection was not possible through the Levitical priesthood, especially when you consider Melchizedek, especially when you consider that the Levites, the tribe of Levi, the children of Israel as a whole, were not greater than their forefather Abraham. And if you also understand that Abraham was less, he was not greater than Melchizedek, then that means that effectively the Levitical priesthood was not greater than Melchizedek. The high priest of the Levitical priesthood was not greater than the high priest Melchizedek of the same God of the Most High God. That's what the writer is stating in this verse. He is exaggerating the point. He is completing the thought that he explained in the previous few verses in Hebrews chapter 7 that sure enough, The Levitical priesthood is not greater than Melchizedek or his priesthood. And so if that's the case, then that means that perfection could not be obtained through the Levitical priesthood. 
if perfection was possible through the Melchizedek priesthood, and the Levitical priesthood is less than the Melchizedek priesthood, then that means that that lesser than, the quality of something less, means that it is not the same, which means that by default it is not perfect. And so the writer is making a very subtle argument. He has built his case and he has given his conclusion to the Hebrews to state that the Levitical priesthood is not perfect and that perfection could not be achieved through the Levitical priesthood just by looking at the book of Genesis with reference to Melchizedek and Abraham. That through that, through Genesis chapter 14, it should be quite obvious that perfection could not be achieved through the Levitical priesthood. But please understand that this is a very, very important subject to the Hebrews. And why it would be very important to state this? Because it's through stating this that a Hebrew can then recognize the inadequacy of the Levitical priesthood and then turn to the Lord Jesus with hope that sufficiency could be achieved through him. Now, in that sense, they could possibly suggest that where they fall short in their obedience, the grace of the Lord Jesus could perhaps make up the difference. That's what we tend to believe in Christianity today, that as a Christian, your life is to be a life of repentance from your sin, obedience to commands or admonitions or principles or whatever. It is to be a life of repentance and obedience. And where you fall short, the grace of God through the Lord Jesus will make up the difference. That's the Christian life for many people in Christianity today. I would say the vast majority of people in Christianity today live that way. Well, back then it wasn't quite the same. It wasn't as though a person would look at the Levitical law or the Mosaic law, the law that was revealed through the living God, and say that you are to do the best you can and then where you fall short, then now you can believe in Jesus as the Messiah. I don't see that as being evident. I don't see that being there in the scriptures, at least within the church in Jerusalem, the Hebrews in Jerusalem who believed that Jesus was the Messiah. I don't see any indication that that was their belief. I believe that they would continue to live a life of repentance and obedience with the expectation that they would have a place in the kingdom of heaven when they died or they would have a place in the kingdom of heaven when Jesus returned to establish the messianic kingdom. But this concept of grace for when you fall short, I don't see present anywhere there in Israel within the Hebrew culture. I don't see it being there at all. And if that's true, that it's not there, then that would certainly be very consistent with everything else that I know about the ministry of the Apostle Paul when he traveled to Jerusalem versus when he was out in the Gentile world ministering to people throughout the world. So I believe that what this does is this puts... The people in Israel, it puts the Hebrews in a very awkward situation. It puts them in a position where they're going to actually have to choose between the Lord Jesus and the Levitical priesthood. That they cannot hang on to both anymore if they are going to heed what the writer is actually saying. If they are going to listen to what the writer is actually saying and heed to what he is describing. If they're going to do that, then they're going to have to make a choice. And that is something that I do not see them ever really being confronted with as I look at the historical record in the book of Acts. I believe that this is unique to the book of Hebrews or the letter that was written to the Hebrews, that it was here that they were officially confronted after the time of the Lord Jesus, of course. But I believe it was here that they were officially confronted 
with a decision that they would have to make concerning relying and trusting on the Lord Jesus in accordance with the new covenant, or they would have to fully embrace the old and virtually reject the new entirely with perhaps the difference of believing that Jesus is still the Messiah, but not having any idea what that means to them right now and today outside of the hope and expectation of the future after they either physically die or Jesus returns, whichever would come first. So I believe that that's the intent of the writer here, and that this is the point in his letter where he finally makes the division between those who are going to rely on the Mosaic Law or those who are going to rely on what the Lord Jesus has already accomplished for them. Now, when it comes to the subject of perfection, the Lord Jesus certainly had a lot to say about the subject of perfection. The most notable, of course, is definitely during the Sermon on the Mount, when he said that your righteousness must exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees. And he continues to give some examples concerning what they might do or how they might live or how they might think in order to exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. That did not mean that this was a replacement for what the scribes and the Pharisees would do. I believe that that meant that it would be in addition to all that the scribes and the Pharisees would do. And then he follows it up by saying that you are to be perfect as God. Now, if you're going to be perfect as God, you've got a lot of work to do. But if you're not going to be as perfect as God, then you're not going to fulfill what Jesus demanded during his Sermon on the Mount. It just simply is not going to happen. But what does this mean, this idea of perfection? What does this really mean? Well, for the most part, what most people believe is that perfection has to do with getting all of the sin out of your life. It has to do with being completely repentant from all of your sins to the extent where you never sin again and you are fully obedient to your God to the extent where you never disobey him ever again. This is the way that people often consider perfection and what perfection would look like. And so the life of a Christian, for the most part, tends to be a life of trying to stop sinning, a life of trying to get all of the sin out of your life. And if this is the perception, if this is the belief within Christianity, and for the most part, that's the case, even though many people will not necessarily admit in that way, using the words that I have used, the way that they live is certainly a very good reflection of that belief. And so if that's true, then where is that going to lead a person? Well, first of all, they have to make a choice concerning the Levitical law, the law of Moses, or what the Lord Jesus said in addition to that. And in general, what people do is they tend to drop some of the things that Moses said that they don't know that they can apply in their lives today. They cannot figure out a way to do that, or it is certainly too inconvenient. And then they adopt those things that they feel they can easily incorporate within their lifestyle. And then they try to incorporate everything else that Jesus said, considering that to be the new covenant, the new commands that Jesus gave. And that tends to be the Christian life for most people. What they do is they try to live in accordance with what is good and evil. And whenever they fall short, then they rely on the grace and forgiveness of God to make up for the difference for when they fall short. In general, that's what the Christian life is about for most people. And so in this way, many people in Christianity will call this the perfection that we now have, that we have achieved perfection because where we fell short in our sinful life, the grace of God makes up the difference, so we now are complete. That is the type of perfection that a lot of people look at in Christianity today. And I, of course, certainly reject that entirely. I totally reject that belief, but that is how a lot of people 
live their lives. That is what a lot of people believe, and most people do feel that they are at relative peace concerning that, that that is an acceptable life to them. However, that certainly is never going to be perfection. It's never going to be the real perfection that I believe our God has called us to. Because if that was the case, then how would we ever define perfection? How could it ever really be defined? When would you know if you have ever achieved absolute perfection? The only way that you could know that is in the event that you believe and trust that Jesus will actually make up for the difference. But here's the problem. At that point, it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter how you live. Somebody who sins most of the time relies on the grace of God most of the time, then is just as perfect as you, who perhaps do not sin that often, and so you only need to rely on the grace of God every once in a while. Then we are effectively saying that these people are just as perfect as you are. And I have yet to find any religious individual, any religious person in Christianity, who would concede to something like that, outside of perhaps saying, well, positionally that may be correct, but practically that is definitely incorrect. Well, that's fine. Let's talk about it from a practical point of view. That from a practical point of view, there is no perfection. There is no defined perfection of any kind, especially because these people who you compare yourself with are not perfect, and neither are you. You're not perfect either if we compare you with God. And that's the point, and that is to say that perfection could have never been achieved according to the Levitical priesthood or the Mosaic law because there is something wrong with the people. Not to say that there's anything wrong with the law. There was no need to eliminate some, take on some additional ones. There was certainly no need for that. And so if there was no need for that, then why are people assuming that that is what the new covenant is about? That doesn't make any sense. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. You are not perfect. I am not perfect. We will never be perfect. We are not perfect because our God did not make us in a way that we could be perfect outside of him. He is the only one who is perfect. He is the only one who will ever be perfect. And if perfection will ever be realized, it will only be realized within and through him. So how is perfection achieved? Well, perfection is achieved not through the Levitical priesthood, it is achieved through the Lord Jesus because of what he actually accomplished. And because I'm short on time, I'm going to have to get right to the point, and that is to say that perfection is revealed when the living God is revealed. That is when perfection is revealed. Perfection is not going to be revealed through your lack of sin, through the lack of sin in your life, or through your ability to overcome sin, or to do so through his empowerment in some mystical, magical way. Perfection is revealed when your God is revealed, not when you're revealed. Perfection will never be achievable within and through you. That's why it doesn't matter if it's the Levitical priesthood or it's the Melchizedek priesthood or any priesthood. It doesn't matter because perfection can never be realized outside of the living God being realized. The living God will be realized. He will be manifested within and through you when he lives within and through you. And that is what Jesus came to accomplish. He came to die for your sins so he could restore to you, offer to you freely, the free gift of the Holy Spirit who will indwell within you, guide you and lead you into all truth, take up residency within you, live within and through you, and as a result, he will manifest himself within and through you. So the perfection of God is achievable 
but it is achieved through your God manifesting himself within and through you and other people who are resurrected from the dead because they believe in the gospel. That is how perfection is realized, and that is how perfection is accomplished. It is accomplished when your God manifests himself within and through his people. That is what was possible through the Lord Jesus, which was not possible through the Levitical priesthood. What was possible through the Levitical priesthood? Well, that was some way of managing sin or trying to get the person's flesh under control in some way. Through the law, you could modify certain people's behavior. You can adjust people's behavior. You certainly will not be able to change their heart, but you can certainly adjust their behavior. I mean, if you threaten somebody enough with enough pain, in general, they will not pursue sin in order to try to achieve the pleasure that definitely is not worth the risk of all the pain that they would experience. That was what it was about. It was about trying to get people's flesh under control. But the living God is not about trying to get your flesh under control. The living God is actively involved in your life to live within and through you, and he is actively involved in your life to change who you are, to transform who you are, to manifest himself within and through you to the extent where he will fulfill the deepest desires and needs that he created you to have and that only he can possibly fulfill. That is what he is doing. And through that, his perfection can be manifested. His perfection can be revealed. There was no law. There was no command. There was nothing given through the Levitical priesthood or through the Mosaic law that would give anyone the opportunity to know their God. There was nothing given that would give anyone the opportunity to experience a changed heart. There was no way that anyone could be transformed into a new creation or fulfilled in the deepest part of their being through the Mosaic law. It was not given For that purpose, it was given for the purpose of driving a person to utter despair to the point where they would finally recognize that they are definitely not perfect. They never will be. They are not in a condition to ever achieve that, which leaves them only in one situation, and that is to fully, completely rely on the mercy of God. And if they come to that point, then they can receive him for who he is and begin to receive the fullness of the inheritance that has been given to them as a result of his death. But I am out of time for this broadcast, and so I will have to continue in the next broadcast. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 383-53, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net Thank you,